Hello and welcome to the Cat Master Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This episode is brought to you by Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Cat Master Chronicles. This week we are joined by Joy Joseph. She's a multi-talented drummer, percussionist, singer, songwriter, actor, originally from London but currently residing in Brooklyn. Joy's musical sound is something that you can get lost in. When I close my eyes and listen to her music, I feel as if I could be anywhere from London Fashion Week to the plains of the Serengeti in Africa. But this is what I really like most about her music. It's unique and it transports your mind to any place you let it take you. So when Joy agreed to come on to the podcast, I was super excited. I have been following her on social media for a while and I love how uplifting and great her posts are, especially the funny cat photos and videos on Facebook. But I'm so excited to find out even more about her now. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today, Joy. Could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Oh, hi, babes. Thank you so much for for having me on. Um, uh, my name's Joy, as you know. I am a drummer. I like to make lots of noise. <laughs> um, I kind of um, had to stop touring for a little while just to um, to kind of bring myself up to speed of production. So I came mm-hmm. to school in New York at a school called Garnish. Um, so I've just basically been, you know, plodding along and uh, making a lot of new music and kind of learning all these new skills before I start kind of getting back out there. And then COVID happened. So. Yeah. This is where I'm at at the moment, you know, just kind of <laughs> writing as much as I can and, you know, trying to get as much um, done as possible while I can, basically. Yeah, I guess in a way it's a good time to actually pause and kind of like work. You have time, I guess, now to work on on stuff and like learn more. Would you say that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's basically forced me into this mm. quiet time, um, which I didn't realise I needed. Um, but yeah, I kind of, you know, I've done so much, you know, I've been, I've been learning to DJ as well. Okay. Yeah. Which is something I need, definitely needed to do. Yeah. Um, especially, especially when you, when you start going into production, you, you realize that it's, it's, it kind of goes hand in hand. Okay. So um, yeah. and now I've now realized that I like DJing every single different type of music there is. <laughs> and mm. I've given myself this, this whole list of different kind of genres that I'm going to do, like a, I'm going to try out every week or, you know, do mixes and, do guest mixes for, for radio shows and stuff like that. So nice. Yeah, it's been there's been a lot going on in the last couple of months, as you know. Um, but I'm I'm you know I can't I'm trying not to be you know um, down about what's you know not being on the road and not mm. not having a chance to kind of play with other people as much now. Yeah, and, and just try and kind of get on with it, you know. And yeah, there's the on, yeah. Yeah, I think you was just about to say it. There's a, a huge online platform. So Basically, um, yeah, you yeah. online platform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And everyone's kind of tuning into that now. I know like um, I've seen a few DJs post things on like live on Facebook um, yeah. and they'll be like walking around like the South Bank um, during the lockdown with like this kind of like these decks and they're kind of like mixing and then they're live and they're interacting with people that are walking past. And it's, it's really cool, actually. I really, I really enjoy seeing things like that. So um, yeah, people are being very creative. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Really creative. Um, so we'll go back a bit. So you're originally from London town. Can we, yeah. Can we talk a little <laughs> bit more about that and growing up and how your, oh, your music started? Yeah. From the beginning. From the beginning. I, well, well, I was, um, a very noisy child. <laughs> my mom was like, what am I going to do with this kid? So I, I learned, you know, quite a few different instruments until I discovered drums. Mm. And I've, I always had this weird, weird um, obsession with still pan as well before I even learned. And I used to make, I used to make pans out of old, old baked bean tins. <laughs> eventually my mom sent me to this um, community center called Yar, Yar Asantua community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's now part of Carnival Village. But at the time I was about, I think I was about 11. Okay. And I went and I learned to play steel pan. And this is West, this is West London. So I grew up in West London. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as I did that, I think everything kind of fell into place because I was, I had drums around me. I was learning to play kit. And um, I'd met like lots of di- new, different people as well around my age that were learning the steel pan as well. And mm-hmm. obviously they had a carnival um, band in that place too so I was like oh wow this is it was like a whole different world that had opened up to me at at age 11 Mm. um and previously to that I was in a choir so I kind of kind of jumped from being really churchy into the whole um carnival arts so it was like a yeah it was like a like a a, a massive wake-up call for me and I I kind of didn't look back after that I started gigging a very a very young age and we were like playing at weddings and all sorts of places you know from that age and I think that was my it became my religion just like being in the pan yard and learning to learning all these different songs we had a huge repertoire we used to sing as well yeah so I learned I'd already started learning like four or five part harmonies while I was in that steel band it was called page two and it was run by a guy called Michael Bubbles Oliveri who also was in in a steel band in the 70s oh wow called 21st Century Still and they you know they've they've been um sampled quite a lot even by um I'm trying to think who sampled them uh Jennifer Lopez oh wow okay yeah amazing so there's these, a lot of people in in the Grove and in West London who yeah you know they did a lot for kids around that time because you know you could have ended up doing really bad stuff you know I'm you know if you if you hang around with the wrong people and yeah it's that whole thing, you know what I mean? You need to have good role models. And I definitely had some amazing people that I, I learned from. And then, yeah, carnival arts was my thing until I was about 18. Um, and I was teaching, I used to teach about three different primary schools as well. So I taught, I, I went on to teach still pan myself. Okay. Um, South amazing. London, West London. Yeah. And then I kind of um, got involved with clubs. I became a club kid and I was playing percussion in all the, all the big clubs in London. Nice. Um, places that don't exist anymore now, unfortunately, like um, terminals and um, where else the Cross and Bagley's and stuff like that. Places yeah. they don't exist anymore. They were in King's Cross. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Places like Coliseum. I don't know if you remember Coliseum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I did. You know, 
it was I did that for a little while as well. I was a club kid, and then I um, a friend of mine said that she had a friend who was looking for a drummer or a singer or somebody. And she gave me his demo. And this was Ben Hudson at the time. And I didn't okay. listen to it. I didn't listen to the demo. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm just going to put it to the side. And I didn't listen to it. And he had, he had emailed me saying, have you listened to my demo? And I was like, no. And then he sent it to me again. He was like, I'm glad you didn't listen to it because this is a better version. <laughs> and he okay. sent it to me by post. A CD oh, wow. Well. Back in the lot, day. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> and so I basically listened to it. I, was, I remember having a bath and I, I listened to it and I was like, this is absolutely amazing. Mm. And so we met up and, you know, we, he, hadn't, he hadn't put a band together. This was just literally raw, his raw demo. Nice. And then um, he, we basically built a band around, you know, the stuff that he already, he'd already written. And, um, yeah, he, he found um, Torval Jones, who played piano, who went on to, to, to win um, Britain's Got Talent, and um, who's Tokyo Myers. Okay. And he found um, Robin French, who is a writer now he's written things like cuckoo do you, do you remember cuckoo no it's a no. bbc it was a i think it was a bbc free anyway and then um andrew wilkinson who was a drummer okay. and we became mr hudson in the library and it was it was crazy how it happened it was just you know almost like fate yeah and i think that <laughs> it was a, i think it was a good thing because it took me away from the clubs i think that was the time mm. that i needed to get away from the clubs and okay. start playing with you know, with real humans again, not just be, you know, a DJ's accompaniment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, so those were fun days. You know, we were like, we were signed, I think, maybe about two years into the project. Um, okay. And we had all these different people kind of buzzing around us, trying to figure out, you know, who we were going to go with and stuff like that. And we ended up with Mercury on Universal. Nice. And it was actually DJ Semtex who discovered, dis- I say, um, discovered us. Yeah. Um, and we'd, um, we'd had played, we actually had our own residency at this place called the, the Spitz in Spitalfield. Okay. Yeah. This is like, you know, going back some time now, but I think there's a lot of bands that passed through there as well, like the Invisibles and there, there was, an, it was a, it was a really good time for like live music. I feel like. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's changed up, so much. Like it's not the same. I think, yeah. I think the, the circuit and, you know, you have to do like there's there's different venues that you play and the circuit's changed a lot and it's not, I feel like it doesn't have the same vibe, but you know, yeah. I'm getting old now. So I'm going to No, say I agree. <laughs> no, I agree with you. It you was a I mean? different vibe back in the day. Like everyone was together. You kind of got lost in the music. Like mm. everyone was just with everyone. And yeah, I, I used to go out a lot. So <laughs> I yeah. kind of, I remember the scene and like going to clubs now these days, it's so different. I mean, I'm, I think people I'm are like out too for old to reasons. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are there for the wrong reasons. I think that's why before you just, obviously you didn't have the social media aspect of everything. Which yes, is, exactly. I guess, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a vibe killer because obviously now clubs are saying things like, you know, don't, you can't have your phone out because they don't want, they don't want people to kind of not have that experience, which they don't mm. want people to, to, to spoil an experience for someone else. Yeah. So, you know, you have places like Berlin who, who basically cover your, they'll cover your camera. Oh, Okay. You, yeah, in certain clubs. Okay, um, I didn't know. So you can't actually take your phone out because it's a vibe killer, you know? Yeah, definitely. It is. Yeah. You, you, you forget to be in the moment because you're just looking at your screen on your phone and, like, you don't get to really appreciate what's happening in front of you. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. no, I get that. I get that. 
Um, so would you say like we spoke a bit about, you know, carnival and I yeah. also, I was actually in a carnival band as well. So I was kind of nodding along oh, to wow. what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> so my sister lives near Latimer, Latimer Road. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of grew up a little bit around that area as well. So I probably walked by. Probably. Yeah. Probably. My mum's on Kensal Road. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. where I grew up. I grew up on, right on Kensal Road, right there, just um, on Tollbridge, Tollbridge um, Close. Oh, well, my grandma oh. lived on Kensal, Kensal Rise as well, actually. So, uh, yeah, we probably did cross paths at some point and didn't yeah. actually realise. Um, so would you say that it is important for you to kind of, like, keep your roots and the culture within the music that you're producing now? And Oh, why? yeah, 100%. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I've always been this kind of carnival ambassador. Mm. from from a very young age but I, as soon as I was able to kind of you know talk about it in whatever situation I was in like whatever band I'm in I have the pan as a set as part of my my setup so um, yeah. um I think the only band that I was that I the only person that I told of that I didn't have it was with Jesse okay but even even when I did Mika Mika was like bring the pants and I was like mm. really and he was like yeah because it when they just want that kind of carnival vibe yeah. So I think it's extremely important, and whenever I get the chance to be able to talk about it, that that I can and I will, you know, yeah. and talk about the history and you know carnival carnival arts in in depth. Do you know what I mean? Because people don't really understand what it is and where what the history is with it. And I kind of like to, if I get the chance to, I kind of like to talk about it, and I kind of like to always include it in my sound. There's always going to be pan, whether you can know whether you know that it's there or not. The pan is always one of the fundamentals in my music mm. because I'll, I'll basically change the sound of it to make it into a bass or whatever it is. You'll, it'll, it'll still be in there because it's not one of my main instruments. So yeah, definitely I would say that it is extremely important for me to keep it, you know, relevant and it be part of what I'm doing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's good. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, I think it's important, especially if it's within something that you're doing because it's personal. And I think when music is personal to the artist, then you yeah. kind of feel more connected to it as well because it's like it's getting to know you as an artist. And it doesn't feel as distant as yeah. um, some, you know, other artists might kind of be feeling. Um so did you have any influences or people who inspired you musically uh, when you were growing up? I had a lot of influences. I, I, mm. Funny enough, I, I listened to a lot of classical music as a child. Okay. And yeah, I did. Um, and I think that, because I, I didn't really train um, as a musician. I think it just kind of, I just fell into it. And yeah. I, I've always been very good with my ears and stuff like that. So um, classical music I love. And I, lo- I particularly like Baroque music. Okay. Um, but um, one of my biggest influences is definitely um, Tony Allen, who sadly passed away this year. It's really mm. sad. Um, but as a drummer and as as a just a person, and I actually got to meet him as well. Um, wow! I just think just I just thought he was amazing. Um, oh. But I have a lot of them, and I think there's so many of them. Yeah. That I don't even know where to start. start exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. But, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> There's yeah. absolutely loads and a lot of Calypsonians as well. And even my dad is a huge, yeah. one of my huge inspirations because he's, he's like an amazing songwriter and he, his arrangements as well, just incredible. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just too many, to, too many to mention, really. Yeah, yeah. But I guess like all of those little influences come into yeah. what you're kind of doing now as well, because yeah. maybe subconsciously you might not realise it, but then you might listen back to their music and think, oh, okay, maybe yeah. subconsciously I did this and that's why it sounds like this. I do yeah. actually, I'm just remembering something that I should probably mention, but I'm, I'm a massive Zook fan. Um, okay. Can so, you tell us um, what that is for the listeners? Zook um, is a music that is um, from French Caribbean islands. Nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you'll, you'll mostly hear like accordions um, and the beat, the beat's quite sparse. Okay. Um, so you'll find it in places like Martinique, Guadeloupe, yes. Dominica, um, St. Lucia, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listen to a lot of Zook from, from a very early age and, and still now. But I'm a massive Kassav fan. So if you're looking to kind of figure out what Zook is, I would say start with Kassav. Okay. They're, they're from um, Martinique also. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. My partner probably knows a bit about that as he's from Mauritius. Um, oh, sick. Yeah. So they have like that French uh, kind of influence there as well. Um, so he speaks Creole then? Yes, he does. Yeah. Nice yeah. one. it's a beautiful place and of course the music as well they have like sega music um which is like the mauritian kind of traditional music but then they have like zook and things like that that come into play as well um i guess because of the french kind of influence and language that they yeah i've Um, always wanted to go actually oh you should when 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 things when things start to ease up yeah (laughs) definitely whatever that may be i know right (laughs) So moving ahead quite a bit, yeah. you decided to move to America um, and yeah. this was because you wanted to study or was that like predominantly the only reason? Um, well, it just kind of, I didn't decide. I think I just, it just it, I just ended up here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My partner's here as well. So yeah. I think that's what, as I was mentioning that, you know, every time I finished a tour, I would just come here after the tour and be here for like a couple of months. Okay. And then I decided um, that I wanted, really wanted to kind of concentrate on on my learning and, and investing some time in myself so that I can kind of move up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I decided that I was going to go back to school and, and then after school I was just here. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, let me see what opportunities there are here. And so I ended up sticking around and my, my partner was very happy about that. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Aww. So yeah, I think, you know, it, being in New York in particular just gives mm. me that kick up the butt that I've, I think I needed a little bit. Okay. Because you, you sometimes can get a little bit complacent in life. And I think that's where I was at. And mm. I was like, you know what? New York seems like a vibe. And everyone yeah. here is kind of like, you do it or you don't. You know what I mean? Or you get, you get left behind. And I kind of just needed that, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Would you say things are a bit like slower in London and the UK scene? I think, I mean, for certain people, London isn't slow. But for me, I think it beca- I became, I started to drag my feet a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I wasn't really in, to be fair, I wasn't really in London a lot. You know, okay. it was kind of, it was kind of like I was passing through every time I finished a job or finished um, sessioning or whatever I was doing. And then yeah. I would come here. So I was kind of basically living out of a suitcase and I, I feel like that was some, something I needed to not be doing for a little while as well. You know, just be a little bit more settled. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not me. But yeah. yeah, I ended up here and, and you know, yeah. Yeah. It worked out well. It worked out okay. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> um, is there any advice you would give to someone who kind of wanted to start a musical journey or career in a new country as well? Um, I feel like, you know, if you're going to do something like that, you need to, you need to spend some time and, and maybe not make 
a rash decision or not, you know, jump into something, you need to kind of, first of all, feel comfortable wherever you, it is that you want to go and make sure mm. that you're, you spent enough time there. Um, you have like a little bit of a, a social network as well, I would say, because it can get very lonely, you know, if you have yeah. all your family in one place and you're in another. So I think those are the things that I would, I think, mentally prepare yourself. I think that's what I would definitely say 100% because, you know, there's certain certain times where I'm like a little bit lost because obviously my, my family's in, in London. So mm. I would say that you, you definitely need to prepare yourself mentally before you move anywhere. But if, you, if you're like a, a musician and you wanted to do this kind of thing, you, you should start by, you know, making friends, networking, seeing who you know in, in wherever, wherever you're from, wherever you're from, who has yeah. connections to wherever you're going. Do you know what I mean? Those things are really important. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, what I would say. Yeah, that's true. And you can, you can build those connections online these days. Social media is really good for kind of meeting people and networking and that figuring true, out. Yeah. yeah. Especially now, you know, when, when we don't have a choice. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a really good piece of advice. Thank you. Yeah, that's all good. Um, so... It seems like everything, you know, like you said, it works out quite good for you in the States. Have there been any, like, big highlights for you so far? Um, I think I basically one of my highlights here have been managing to get myself a residency as a DJ, mm. <laughs> even though I've only been DJing for, like, a year and a half or something. And um, obviously I can't be – I'm not doing it now, but, you know, it was just yeah. a, a really nice kind of vibe and just being able to – I was playing um, Chelsea Market, Okay. It doesn't seem like a lot, but for me, it's somebody giving me a platform to do something that I'm not that I'm a hundred percent, you know, confident with. But yeah. I feel like they gave me. Um, I was allowed to play whatever I wanted, so I think it was for me that was like a, it was like learning and entertaining people at the same time. So mm. that was that's been a really massive highlight actually, and also passing passing the course that I did. Was yeah. A huge highlight. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think those have been really massive highlights since I've been here. Okay, amazing. Um, in one of our upcoming episodes, I speak with Ashley Fearfane. Um, he's yeah, I know Ashley as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know it's really well. Oh, yeah. okay. That's good. Yeah, it is yeah, a small world. She was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're I from the same London, to West go, London. Yeah. yeah, he used to go yeah. to the same centre, the centre that I mentioned, Yara Centre. Ah, he was there, he was, okay. he was there running around when I was a little bit older, but he was there yeah. running around with his little brother. Oh wow, that's yeah, very so small. Cool. Yeah, it's a small <laughs> world. I feel like London, like we're quite, even though it's quite well, it is small, but it's it does feel really small when you realise how many mutual friends you have exactly. with people. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so he, as you might know, went over to America to start his career um, with Mayweather Produ- Productions. Um, yeah. And he explained to me that the love and the support that he received in the States was completely different from what he had here in the UK. Would yeah. you say that it's similar in the music industry? I think, yeah, because people here, are, you know, you, you'll do it because I've, I've, obviously I've played a new, with numerous artists here and there has always been phenomenal, out, you know, the people that that show up to these these shows, it they just you know, it's overwhelming how supportive that they are. Okay, it is. I mean, it's it's incredible. You, you always get incredible support anyway, wherever yeah. you go. But but as as a supporting artist, you know, somebody that works with someone else, mm. you, you I'm always amazed by how much people will want to learn about you 
because you're there for, you're, you know you know what I mean? You're there mm. for someone else. But, but I am always amazed by that. But I, particularly being in, I think I'm a little bit biased because I love New York so much. Okay. But being in New York, there's always like a massive turnout and it's always amazing. I um, play with this band called New Build, which is Felix and Al from, from Hot Chip. Yeah. And the gigs were always sold out. Okay, and people wow. Were just, yeah, it's just always amazing. You know, people have always been so supportive of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a vibe. I need to get to New York myself. I haven't actually been before, so uh, yeah, probably when lockdown eases. Yeah, definitely. uh, I would definitely say come and visit New York. Definitely. Yeah, no, I'd love to listen to 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 you play. Um, that would be really cool. Um, do you think? Yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. I'll have to. I'll have to message you. Um, do you think you'll stay in the states permanently? Like you said, that you you know you you got a really good vibe going on there, and you're really enjoying it. Do you think that you have any future plans to come back to the UK at all? Would it be to settle or just visit? I know your other half is in is in the states. Yeah. Um, So you planning to kind of stay there long term? Um, I think that's the the plan is to be here. Yeah, because I was always, always wanted to eventually. I think base myself here I wasn't you know really just not sure yeah but um I think this I'm plan I plan on New York being my base um but um I think that you know I'll definitely I would have been home by now I think I would I would have been coming and going yeah obviously because of COVID I don't want to put anyone at risk so I'm kind of you know just waiting waiting it out but um I'm not sure about the being back in London as a base but you know you just never you just don't really know yeah it's true true. yeah you just can't really say but I would like to say that New York will be my base yeah yeah okay yeah I like I'd like to say that I'm between two between the two yeah and that's fine you can be Uh, that's that's it's nice to have the option of both because both are so different as well so yeah they're different but they're actually quite similar as well oh really yeah, there's there's a lot about New York. I think that's probably why I like it here so much. Okay. It's, kind of, it's London, it's London, but sped up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The city yeah, that never sleeps. Basically, but there, there was also <laughs> I, Berlin got thrown into the equation a little bit as well. So I just you know. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, that's coming up as well. I, yeah, I, I like I like it there a lot as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like the, the art scene there as well. Um, so you're part of Mr. Hudson and the library, um, mm-hmm. which helped kicked off your career. Um, yeah. And you've toured with artists like Kanye, Amy Winehouse, Groove Armada, Calvin Harris, The Police, Erica Badu, Mika, I can name so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that must have felt amazing to be a part of that and something so huge. What was that like for you? Um, I just... Some of the some of the stuff that you know I've experienced. Sometimes I'm like, really, did that happen? It's, yeah, it's a little bit of a cloud. It's weird, but um, it's always I'm always really, really grateful for all the experiences and the places that I've been to. It's particularly travel for me, travel because a lot of people mm. don't get to travel. And whenever I found myself, you know, you know, having a hissy fit about something, I would remember that I'm lucky to be doing something that I'm so passionate about and love so much. You know what I mean? And you you might be having a really long sound check somewhere in an arena show like playing for jay-z like yeah. opening up for jay-z and then i'm like why am i why am i making noise about that i should be happy where i am right now because i'm having this amazing experience but yeah I, i'm just very blessed because everything that happened with the hudson stuff kind mm-hmm. of kicked me kicked me into sessioning for all these amazing people yeah. and you know being on tour with some incredible musicians as well i must say that i played with on stage um and learned from um, you know, a lot of a lot of the people that I've met and worked with 
are the reason why I'm doing so, so many other bits and bobs now because, you know, they've inspired me to kind of do and go into production and do art, really arty stuff. So, yeah, I'm, okay. very, I'm extremely grateful for all of the yeah. experience I've had and absolutely loved everything. <laughs> so is it, is it is it hard if I ask you, you know, what your favourite tour has been or do you have one? Mm, I think one of my favourite tours was being on the road with Jesse, I think. Okay. So it's probably one of my favourites. Uh, Why is that? It just was, it was a lot, it was a laugh. It was really fun. Um, and also for, for the first time ever, I got to experience being on a tour bus with a baby as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm touring as a family because she put her family along okay. and it was just a different experience for me an incredible one as well like so different it wasn't like you know rock and roll and party and whatever yeah so I think I think for me that kind of opened my eyes into like how different touring can be in in a different situation and you know just the that I just it just was just it was just a really nice experience for me I, I think probably because it was one of my last tours as well so okay. I felt a little bit emotional I was like I don't know if I'm going to be going on the road for a little while so it's the one that's that kind of I remember the most. But they've all been incredible. I mean, I was on the road with Mika for four years and learned wow. a lot about my vocals and, you know, had some good and some, some crazy experiences because you go to some places where people are looking at you like, where are you from? And you know yeah. what I mean? You have to kind of yeah. deal with certain issues on the road. But um, I had some incredible experiences and learned a lot, a huge amount. Wow. Um, but yeah. There's just I'm trying to think of some something else like something else that sticks out, but um, I think uh, for me there was one show that we did with Jess, and it was the Coachella. It was the second weekend, the second weekend of Coachella. Okay. And I just remember that we went, we were going on stage, we were on the same stage as Beyonce. Wow. <laughs> and we had all Beyonce's fans looking at us like, "Who are you?" It was just one of those things that you remember. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Beehive people, like, where's Beyonce? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's oh, all been very, that sounds very cool. amazing. Um, I was about to go on the road with, um, to do track, to play drums and, and, and trigger track for um, a young artist called um, Tiana Major Nine. Um, okay. That was, hap- was going to happen this year. Ah. Uh, yeah, and that was the Stormzy US support. Oh, okay. So I would have been back on the road this year, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny one. It is. It is. You could probably write a book with all of your experiences, to be honest, because, yeah. Maybe I love, should. Yeah, that could be your next. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> there have been some crazy events. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It would be good crazy. reading. It would be, be hilarious. <laughs> it would be. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the music that you're currently working on? Um, at the moment, um, I've, you know, I've, I've kind of started a new band camp. I've kind of, I'm trying to experiment with a lot of instrumental music, mm. um, less kind of lyrical and more, uh, I guess, poet, poetic and arty. Yeah. I would say. But I'm actually, I've just got commissioned, um, just got given my first commission, which I'm extremely happy about. Um, yeah. But I can't really say what it is yet. <laughs> okay. So um, I am working on something quite big and okay. I'm, I'm extremely, extremely excited about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I can say right now. But um, I have some, some of my own material that I'm about to release. Um, but um, we're also, my band, Black Gold, Gold Buffalo, we're also writing a new album as well, which I can say. Amazing. Okay. So, yeah. And what's, what, what's, uh, what does that sound like? 
Um, Black Gold Buffalo is, it's kind of, I would say it was um, simply dark pop, but it's okay. also a little indie, um, but it also has that kind of, I would like to say panyard flavour because of how yeah. the drums and how the drums are layered and stuff. Yeah. So it definitely has my stamp on it. It has my little carnival stamp on it. Um, okay. Yeah, get, go and have a listen to Black Gold Buffalo. It's very, it's kind of simply dancey, indie, um, disco-y, but yeah, it's all vibes, good vibes. Okay, and where can we find that? Um, you can find it on Spotify, on Apple Music, uh, okay. YouTube, yeah. 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 So you heard it here, listeners. Find that and listen to it now because it sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, so in 2016, you released your first solo EP, Who I Am. How did that feel after you put in all of that work? It felt good. I think I was, um, at the time, it was a big birthday as well. And I was like, I need to do something. And I think that, that was around that time I realised that I needed to start investing some time in myself. Yeah. So that was what that was the reason I, I kind of did that as well, because okay. I was like, well, I've I've opened up this this fence now, and I need to kind of you know start doing some some serious work. Yeah. And you know, I also I le- I was learning how to edit <laughs> video and stuff like that. So I think it was one of those I had I was having moments where I was like, you know what, I need to do everything myself. <laughs> mm. And for someone like myself who's recently. Um, found out that I had ADHD I was like you know when am I going to get the time to finish all these things myself but could never let go of anything yeah so I wasn't like um can somebody help me with this I was adamant that I had to do it all myself so when I was working on um who am I I I was like the the, the video needs to be me I need to every single angle everything I need to do it myself yeah and it was it was once I did it and I put it out on my birthday as well I was so happy with myself and you kind of like look at that now and come back to where I am now, like how far I've come in my production and, in, and just in how I present my visuals now. I've come a long way. So, I'm, you know, I, I'm happy to look at it. And it was, it was definitely the starting point of me kind of, you know, going out and doing my own thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, very I, I'm very happy that I did it then. And I'm kind of happy that I'm carrying it on, you know. Yeah. Do you feel like it was the right time? Yeah, I think it was. I yeah. think it was. I think I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't be doing it otherwise. I think I'd kind of, you know, just still be plodding along and you know. Okay. Anything. But yeah, I think it was I think it was good that I did it then and then it kind of it opened all those doors. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think I can re- relate and I think a lot of people can relate to doing everything by yourself as well like I'm one of those people too I give myself these like ridiculous (laughs) kind of yeah and I'm just like why am I doing this to myself it's torture but it does feel good like when you finally like finish something and you're like wow I did that it's a big achievement you don't don't really realize until you look back on it like back on it and think wow I actually did all of that like how There are a lot of late. There are a lot of late nights, and there still are sometimes. And you have okay. to kind of cut yourself off, and you're like, you can't. You need to look after your your, your mental state. You yeah. Know, sometimes, but um, you know, sometimes it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it is worth it. Yeah, definitely. You, I mean, it's good to have that kind of self care consciousness about you know what you're doing, but also sometimes you just need to do the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hear that at <laughs> six in the morning when my partner's waking up. Like, I can do have you been to bed? I'm like, no, I've been here the whole time. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, still editing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's hardcore. <laughs> um two of my favorite tracks of yours are Personal Jesus and Hungry Child. I absolutely oh, wow. love the visuals. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the inspiration behind the sounds and the visuals that come from those two tracks? Um, well, the Personal Jesus, obviously it's a cover of um, the Persian Mode, which mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I adore the Persian Mode. And I, for me, it was like some, some things you just don't cover. But yeah. I, I wanted to tackle this one because it was the, the pan part that came first. And yeah. This weird pan part. And I was like, what can I use this for? And in the end, I threw it in a session and just, it was like during the lockdown here and we were on curfew as well. Okay. So we, I'd set up um, a little setup in our, under our cabin bed. Yeah. And just kind of recorded, just boshed it out. And then the visual itself was, it's just me coming out of the apartment um, and then dancing. And then turned it <laughs> into like a, a cartoon. But I've, I'm kind of obsessed with movement and dance and stuff like that. So I, mm. I just wanted it to be a prayer to dance and movement. And I think that's where I kind of sometimes don't know where I'm going with the visual until it's done. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's kind of like I'm just working it all out, piecing it all together. Yeah. And then it became that. And uh, yeah. And that's what I ended up with, you know. I guess sometimes the process is like even more important than like the finished article sometimes. Like I the process so, yeah. can be like the main thing yeah and what about the hungry child the hungry child this is a funny story because um when i was at school i was given a project to do and we we had to we had to get a track we had to basically get stems for a remix Mm -hmm. so instead of me going online and finding stems for this remix i hit up my friends from hot chip and said can i get your latest single okay (laughs) Um, so Felix was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, I need, I need to do a remix in class. And they sent it to me. And that's what I came up with. <laughs> and then the visual itself, um, I, I'm a little bit obsessed with like the whole Harlem, Harlem Renaissance and stuff like that. Mm. And I, I've been looking at, as I was saying, I love dance. And I've been looking at a lot of old dance stuff. And these, these clips popped up. And also my mum sends me things as well. Okay. And so I kind of like put them all, pieced them all together. Yeah, and that's what I came up with. That was that was definitely one of those up until six o'clock in the morning edits. Okay, yeah. I, well, I it wanted works. to have a <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to have a cool visual so I could put it up on my YouTube. Yeah, yeah. no, I think definitely it is eye catching because I love that kind of era as well and like the whole flapper girl kind of era yeah. stuff. So yeah, it, it was nice. I think that definitely intrigued me. And then, of course, I loved, like, the track itself. But then the visuals added to it. It was like it came alive even more. So, oh, that's good to know. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you. I no, you're that. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on to my favourite part of the show, which I know you love as well, Cats. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Can you tell oh. us a bit more about your love for Cats and how it started? <laughs> oh, man. I've... I've, I've been obsessed with cats since I was very little. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed a cat. Okay. So and I think me and my mum ended up getting a cat and persuading my grandmother at the time to let <laughs> us have the cat. And we had the cat. Um, and then he ran away. Oh. So we got another cat. And then he passed away when I got a little bit older because we had to, we moved and we couldn't bring the cat with us. Okay. And so my mum got another cat. 
so we've just been, you know, getting replacement cats and stuff yeah. like that. But got to a point where um, I had moved in. So I think it was was it Stratford or Forest Gate, and then I got a cat of my own and okay. called him Graham. <laughs> nice name. Yeah, Graham is like he's a he's a Leighton cat, but he's now he's now living in West London. He, he lives okay. Long. Okay. It would, been, it would have been unfair to you know to to get him over here. He's he's a bit older. Yeah. And he doesn't really travel well, so you know he's kind of he's he's kind of running things in West London. Now. <laughs> but I've always been, I've always loved cats. Always had you know I'm kind of one of those people that will be get will actually be late for something if I see a yeah. cat in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I if I continue to see that cat as well, I will make up a name for that cat. I'll talk to that cat. <laughs> um, cats everywhere, but I just I think they're hilarious and they, they are, are like so funny. They're like Pete. They for me they they're like humans. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell what they're thinking, which is yep. which is amazing, and <laughs> they're just the most entertaining creature. <laughs> I agree. I like, yeah, I just love them so much. I absolutely <laughs> adore them. Um, but yeah, not having a cat is—it's been hard. Not having my cat here with me has been very, very hard. Yeah. But, um, there are a lot of strays in. in okay, Brooklyn. I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. Are there? Do you think more yeah. than London? Yeah, it's actually—it feels like being in the Caribbean. The, the amount of strays. Really? Out here. Yeah, it's—it's it's actually. I didn't realize how how big the problem was. Yeah. But um, we have cats in our yard who yeah. have probably been around for ten years. Oh. That don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's crazy because our, our neighbor downstairs has one of the cats that is related to the yard cats. Oh. So people just kind of, and we, we've actually rehomed um, the first litter of cats that came this year. We rehomed them. And okay. now they've, their mum's had another litter that we can't actually get to because they're a lot wilder than the last litter. Yeah. But we've been feeding them and I've been defleeing them, putting the flea stuff in their oh, food wow. and stuff like that. But wow. that's all I can really do. Yeah. But we made them a house. They, you know, they get looked after well. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. but I, I absolutely adore cats. I think they're my favourite, my favourite animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love the videos as well that you share on Facebook. Um, do you think that cats can contribute to our well-being and give us like a feel-good factor? Oh, 100%. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think um my grandmother who supposedly didn't like cats yeah was you know she became obsessed with the cat that she didn't think she wanted you know to the point where she'd call my mum you know to tell (laughs) my mum what the cat had done just now oh you know you know what fiber did you couldn't say her name (laughs) she couldn't say his name his name was fiber but she called him fiber oh yeah (laughs) So she was just like, you know, she was beside herself when he passed as well, because that was like yeah. her, her companion. But I think it de- it de- they definitely do um, contribute to your well-being, cats. Yeah. yeah. Um, my mum would agree 100% as well. Oh, bless. Yeah, love them. That's good to hear. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, if our listeners want to find out a bit more about you and find your music and whatever you're getting up to, where can they find you online? Um, they can look for me or at joyjosephmusic.com. Every okay. single thing is on, on, on there, on my social media. I think that's probably the best place to send them. Yeah. Um, everything I've done in the past, everything I'm doing, um, I'm updating it every two weeks. So, Okay, brilliant. That is the, that's the place to, to find me. Okay. Well, yes. that's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> yes.
You're um, welcome. So it's been so nice talking to you today. Thank you, you so too. much. Um, Thanks for having me. No, you're welcome. Um, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. And yeah, enjoy. I, I will. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. Bye. Bye.